Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another edition of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast, this time reviewing Mid-South Wrestling Television from April 30th, 1983, taped on April 27th, 1983, at the Irish McNeil Boys Club and featuring footage from the Superdome Extravaganza on April 16th, 1983. I am the great Brian Last, and joining me this week, like he does each and every week, he's your friend and mine, Mike Mills. Mike, how are you today? I'm good. We got a little bit of a treat this week, and we'll talk about it after, I guess, the opening with Boyd Pierce and Bill Watts, what they talk about. But I got some things I want to say about it, and um, I guess I'll leave it at that if uh, if we can go to the opening, unless you got something else. Well, no, let's go right to the opening. Let's kick the show off. We're going to have a lot of audio to play because there's a lot of things happening in and around Mid-South Wrestling this week. Let's go to the show open. Cowboy Bill Watts and Boyd Pierce. South Wrestling Television. I'm your host, Boyd Pierce, and we'll have a lot of exciting action right here to show you. Not only that, but we're going to show you something really interesting. Great, great matches direct from the Superdome in New Orleans, Louisiana, to Extravaganza. A man to tell you about it, Cowboy Bill Watts. Bill. Well, Boyd, I know you always enjoy going to the Superdome. I think anybody that's not seen it has missed a tremendous situation. And, of course... We had 20,141 people for the largest crowd ever in an April Superdome. And Greg Soley, the son of Gordon Soley, the Atlanta commentator, shot some tremendous footage. He put some to music about people coming to the Superdome just at dusk, just as the sun was going down and people were starting to turn their car lights on. Let's watch that now. And just like Bill Watts says, we go to footage shot by Greg Soley of the Superdome. People arriving, people buying tickets, people in the corridors, people, and specifically kids talking about their love of the junkyard dog. Any thoughts or notes about this video package, Mike? No, it just brings back memories. I mean, I've walked those. I've walked around that Superdome a million times in my life and, you know, seeing the cars drive up, seeing the Superdome. It's, uh, you know, I don't want to get all sentimental, but I guess I will. It kind of gives you chills just kind of watching it and and seeing the Superdome. It, It literally, I mean, that, that, that concourse that they're walking around on the outside, I mean, that looks the exact same now as it did then. I mean, I, I'm sure they've redone the flooring there or whatever. No, I call it flooring, but it's it's concrete. I'm sure they've they've done things to it to make it look a little better. But it, it's it gives me chills kind of watching this. The old school sign with the old school letters on the board, wrestling tonight, you know, like uh, not 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 lit up uh, signs. You or you got to actually well, you had to actually replace the letters at the ticket box office and. Uh, again, just cool. I thought this was cool as they walked around with the camera and asked the fans who they were here to see, what they were here to see. Uh, just um, it's fun times, man. Good, good stuff. Showing the fans uh, piling into the Superdome on that night. Really, really good. Uh, really good stuff right here. Well, coming out of that, we go to a commercial break, and then Bill Watts at the desk talking a little bit about some of the happenings in the Superdome, and this will lead into some of the audio clips that we're going to play. So let's play Cowboy Bill Watts. And then we'll talk about it for a second and then play some more audio. Let's go to this. Some things happened in this Superdome that have never happened before. First of all, there was new Mid-South Tag Team Champions crowned three days before the Dome. The match was changed at the Dome and they were forced to defend their titles. And then for the first time ever in the history of wrestling, there was an unadvertised steel cage match. This has never happened that they've had a steel cage match without it being advertised. It was like a bonus that nobody knew was going to happen in the Superdome. Let's see how that transpired as we watch, first of all, the Mid-South Tag Team Champions defend their titles. That's some pretty big news right there, of course. The Mid-South Wrestling Tag Title Change, which aired on TV two weeks ago, 
was taped on April 13th, and the Superdome was the 16th, so that affects the way the card was going to be. Originally, the card was going to have Ted DiBiase teaming with Kendo Nagasaki, and they changed that match on the fly, and now Olympia has to wrestle twice, including a surprise cage match with Olympia versus the Junkyard Dog. Before we play audio of the tag title match, Mike, any thoughts? The only thought I have, and I, I want to say this now since uh, I don't want to mention it throughout, I, and I, I always mention this on Booking the Territory whenever we talk about seeing footage of things that would not have aired live or would not have aired on regular TV back in the day. We are spoiled in today's day and age. We can see anything we want at any point in time via YouTube, the network, whatever. We have multiple streaming platforms that we can always find things that we can't attend live, right? So back then, though, if you weren't at the Superdome, I mean, there was – I don't remember if the Times-Picayune would put the results in there. I just don't don't recall. Um you wouldn't know like what happened unless you talked to a friend who went and or, you know, we were on a schoolyard and somebody was like, oh, I went. Here's what happened. So I just want to make a point that, you know, we're seeing this now a couple of weeks later, but it's really a treat, even though the footage isn't all that great to be able to see what went down at the Superdome on this date. Now, the footage isn't the greatest because it's a handheld camera shooting it from the floor. And there's a couple of matches we're going to get into later on where the zooming in, you really can't see what's going on because of the angle and you've just got this one handheld. But at the end of the day, in 1983, the fact that you were getting this footage, you didn't care that it was dark. You didn't care that it was grainy. You didn't care that it was a one camera shot. You just were like, wow, I'm watching the footage from the Superdome extravaganza. This is great. So that's the point I want to make as we get into uh, everything we'll see from the Superdome that night and, and as you throw it into to various clips that we're going to uh, watch and listen to. Well, the first clip we get is from the tag title match, which again, this was changed from, I believe it was going to be Ted DiBiase and Kendo Nagasaki going for the titles against who were then the champions, Mr. Wrestling 2 and Tiger Conway Jr. Once the title change happens, now we get DiBiase and Mr. Olympia with Skandar Akbar, the new Mid-South Wrestling Tag Team Champions, versus Mr. Wrestling 2 and Tiger Conway Jr. Let's go to this audio from Cowboy Bill Watts doing commentary after the fact, over this Superdome footage. We saw the introductions of this Mid-South Tag Team title bout. An intense battle, and I will admit, there is some justification to what Akbar says, and the fact that the new champions, DBS and Olympia, won those titles on April the 13th, when Akbar put that $25,000 up and enticed Tiger Conway Jr. and Mr. Wrestling 2 into the match. And here it is the 16th of April, and they're forced into defending them in the Superdome. And legally, Akbar is right. They didn't have to defend them again for another 30 days. But Mid-South representatives said they had advertised it as a title bout in the Superdome, and being it was the biggest wrestling event in the world today, and definitely they wanted the fans to get the event that they had signed to and paid to get. Now, of course, the match that was signed was DiBiase and the Ninja against Two and Conway. So there was a little bit of uh, smooth talking or fast action going on here, I believe. But I think also Akbar's been well known for the pressure and the fast action he puts on people. And so turnabout's fair play. And this will force Mr. Olympia to have to wrestle twice in the Superdome. In this defense of the Mid-South Tag Team titles, 
and also in his quest for the North American title, which has been held up along with the $10,000 prize as he faces Junkyard Dog in what became the first time ever in history to be an unadvertised steel cage match. So I think Mid-South has finally said, hey, we're tired of some of these shenanigans. We're going to try to hopefully get some people some, some fair one-on-one -on -one situations. Tiger Conway, probably the best athlete in the ring at this point in time, a tremendous athlete. He and Wrestling 2 have been a great tag team combination. Wrestling 2, the living legend, one of the men that pound for pound has the toughest heart in the world. Just, just won't give up. And they're really taking it to Ted DiBiase and Mr. Olympia. And you're going to see Mr. Olympia really sustain a beating in this match. This match, were you to have to wrestle it once and then have two or three days off to recover, is a tremendously grueling hard match. But he had to go right back in in an unadvertised steel cage match. Look at Mr. Two come in after him. But of course, we'll recall that many people have tried to put the junkyard dog in the same situation, and he has risen to that occasion numerous times in the past. You see Mr. Olympia, they're really working on him. It's almost like Two and Tiger Conway are joining with everybody. Right there, that tremendous knee lift. It must have jarred him all the way to his molars. DiBiase really protesting it. And of course, Conway has his personal score to settle with DiBiase anyway. Power slam off the top rope. And there you see the living legend. These, are, again, are edited highlights. This match went some 25 minutes. And, of course, Olympia's calling for timeout there, but wrestling, too, is not the kind to give any quarter nor ever to ask any quarter. It's almost like Two and Conway are trying to take some fire out of Mr. Olympia for the junkyard dog after that raw deal he got March 21st in New Orleans when Akbar and Olympia, with the help of the ninja, tried to beat JYD for that North American title, which created a landmark decision by Mid-South Wrestling. When they reviewed the film, they didn't reverse the action because of the decision, but because of the fact that Junkyard Dog was flat on his face, therefore his shoulders could not have been pinned. Olympia is a great athlete, DiBiase a great athlete. These men, these are a well-experienced crew in the ring right now, and they're going for it in front of over 20,100 people at the Superdome, paying as high as $25 for those ringside special edition seats. All the way down to $5 in general mission. A great scope, a great cross-segment of the wrestling fans getting to see this event. Well, there you hear some audio during this match, and I was really intrigued, too, by the ticket prices. Ringside, $25, which doesn't seem like very much nowadays where it's hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars, to sit ringside at one of the big events. But $25 in 1983 to sit ringside at the Superdome, and this drew over 20,000 people in April of 1983. So they did a good job with ticket sales, for sure. Just think about that. This, and this isn't even one of the Superdome extravaganzas that we talk about is the, you know, the ones that, that, that drew, I mean, not 20,000 is a lot in the Superdome for, for wrestling during this time. But, you know, we don't even, we think about the, the other one, like with the Stampede or with the Freebirds and JYD, where, you know, we, we had, what was it, nearly 30 or just over 30 for those. I, I mean, we don't even talk about this one as, as being one of the higher ones. But like you said, 20,000 people, $25 for ringside, 
you know, five for for is I don't I don't I, I doubt they had the terrace level, which is the the upper level in the Superdome, uh, open for this. But I mean, if they did, I mean, because you could probably I think you can get a good twenty thousand just on the, the the lower level and the the um the loge level in there, the plaza and the loge. But it's still pretty amazing, man. Twenty thousand people in the Superdome during this time. Um, one other note I had, Brian, is they play this, and I, I mentioned this a second ago. It's it's hard because it's a single camera shot and it's kind of dark. Plus, also if you heard Watts there, I think he mentioned you know this match is 25 minutes long and we really only see about four minutes of it so they're kind of jumping around from clips of it uh from clip to clip so it's kind of hard to really assess if you wanted to really look at the match and and grade it per se not that i like to do that but it's it's hard from that factor we only get to see a little bit of it but again i was grateful for what i got to see in 1983 when i got to see this let's go to the finish of the match and hear what cowboy bill watts has to say top top man and look conway Still being able to strategize his way out and break Mr. Olympia's hold. And DiBiase starting in and wrestling too, who's always in a low ball firing in. Neither one of them legal in the ring. And the referee, Rick Farrar, trying to stop that Akbar up. Conway pops him. A lot of confusion at this point. Conway dropping down. Olympia going for the drop kick. Conway sitting into the Boston Crab. Rick Farrar taking wrestling two out of the ring. DiBiase loading up. <coughs> he loaded up, and he knocked Conway's lights out. Of course, Rick Farrar from putting two out turns back around, out of position with all that action. Starts to give both men a 10 count to see who gets to the feet. He doesn't know what's caused Tiger Conway to be in a comatose position. Starts the count. Olympia reaches over, wraps it up, puts a sleeper on him, and then the only options the referee has is to check him to see if he is unconscious or has the ability to continue. And as you see, Tiger Conway is definitely unconscious, but not from the sleeper. And there they retain the Mid-South Tag Team titles, Mr. Olympia and Ted DiBiase. But Olympia spent a lot of tremendous energy in that battle to retain those crowds. There you see a fallen warrior. A man knocked cold by Ted DiBiase and not the sleeper. Well, you viewed the championship match direct from the Superdome, and that leaves Ted DiBiase and Mr. Olympia still the Mid-South Tag Team Champions after their match against Mr. Racing 2 and Tiger Conway Jr. We still have more action coming up. Watch along with us right after this word from Mid-South Wrestling. So there it is, the finish of the match. DiBiase and Mr. Olympia retain their titles. One small thing. That is effective. When DiBiase loads the glove, he has his hand high in the air so everyone in that building can see what he's doing. And you had to do that, especially given how big the Superdome is. You got people sitting pretty high up and far away if you got 20,000 in that building. And give it, give him credit. He puts the hand up high, making sure the people know that, that he is loading that glove up. And they see it, see it well, and they know what's coming, especially when he hits tiger so yeah good i i guess we expected this finish at this point but still good when i say expected it finish, i think we we expected them to retain is what i mean so good finish there though the referee ricky ferrara doesn't see any of it because he's busy trying to get two out of the ring it was it was a good old school finish and uh good stuff right there coming out of that we go back to the desk and then we're going to go to an interview we have not really seen hacksaw duggan on the show in the last few weeks but things have certainly been teased with him that he wasn't happy with DiBiase being aligned with Akbar after DiBiase told him that they weren't going to be aligned with Akbar. Obviously, him and Matt Bourne 
finally had their blow up. Matt Bourne is gone from Mid-South Wrestling. Let's go to the desk and Cowboy Bill Watts and then hear a few words from Hacksaw Duggan. DiBiase's association with Skandar Akbar and Mr. Olympia may be the beginning of the end for the Rat Pack because one very independent, outspoken member apparently is not going to follow the big cheese's lead. Let's listen to Hacksaw Duggan. Now, you people look out here and see right now Hacksaw Duggan stands out here. He looks a little rejected, a little dejected, a little disappointed. A little disappointed in a friend of mine, a man, a man that was be, stood behind my back, shoulder to shoulder with me at times, a man that stood right here in this spot, on this very ground, looked me right in the eye, face to face, took my hand and said, Hacksaw, I, Ted DiBiase, won't have nothing, nothing to do with Skandar Akbar. Well, you lied, Teddy. You lied to me. You took my hand, you took my friendship, and you lied. Yeah, we've been through some tough times. We've been in some rough jams together, and we've pulled out of it. But just when you say you're going to shoot straight with Hacksaw and you pull something like this, go your way, DiBiase. Go your way, and I'll go mine. Let's our past not cross. Remember the good times. But Skandar Akbar, people just don't realize how rotten you are. Since I've come to Mid-South, since I've come here, I've had nothing to do with you because I could see through your phony, baloney crap. I know what kind of man you are. I know about how you get your money, where you get your oil money, and the type of people you associate with. Let me tell you something. A lot of people might not agree with the way I look or the way I act. But I'm going to tell you something. Nobody in this country will deny me the right to act the way I want and to be what I want to be. You come around here, Akbar, and I'm a proud man, and I'm proud to be an American. Let me tell you something. You got those ties with them oil people, and that man from Iran, that sheik, there's something very personal in my history of my family that's going back a long way, Akbar, and I'm going to take it out on you once and for all. Boy, I don't think Skandar Akbar or anybody else takes Hacksaw Jim Dugan's words lightly. Anybody he's threatened, he has gone after. But now let's go to the match that set a precedent, never before done in the history of wrestling, an and unadvertised steel cage match. It was a real well-kept secret. Certainly surprised Akbar and Mr. Olympia. Let's watch that match between JYD, Mr. Olympia, for the North American title that was held up and the $10,000 prize. Well, before we get to that match and discussing that match and playing some audio of that match, Hacksaw Duggan, Mike, this promo, this is really the beginning of the patriotic Jim Duggan, which would continue for the rest of his career, I guess, until he became the Canadian Jim Duggan in WCW, but a lot of people want to forget that, and I don't blame them. But this is the beginning of the patriotic, all-American Hacksaw Duggan. Really good promo, really fired up here. What did you think? I had my exact notes that he's very patriotic here. I mean, he's just delivering a patriotic message, especially when he starts going off on Akbar and Akbar's oil money and how rotten Akbar is. He also, you heard at the very beginning, he said, Teddy, you lied to me. Go your way and I'll go mine. I mean, he's not happy with DiBiase for obvious reasons. He doesn't like Akbar and his oil money. He's just very, very patriotic. There's no other way to say it. I thought Duggan... I don't know if you could be any better there with what's been happening and what's gone down with the way he delivered that message to DiBiase and Akbar. He 
he he and now he wants revenge and we'll have to stay tuned but this was a solid and effective patriotic promo from Duggan and you're right this is the start of the patriotism from Duggan not that he wasn't patriotic before on his personal life or whatever but right here as a wrestler patriotic Jim Duggan begins and the only thing I'll note and we've said this a few weeks back that he says, since I've come to Mid-South Wrestling, I've had nothing to do with you, Akbar. Actually, it was Akbar that brought him to Mid-South Wrestling, but I think we're all supposed to forget that he originally came in as a bounty hunter wearing a furry vest. Cafe, brother, we're not supposed to remember that stuff. <laughs> well, maybe so. <laughs> well, from there, we get a big match. A surprise cage match, surprise for the fans, a surprise for Mr. Olympia and Skandar Akbar. Mr. Olympia versus the Junkyard Dog in a steel cage for the held-up Mid-South Wrestling North American Championship. Let's go to audio from this. We'll talk about it on the other side. The steel cage is erected unbeknownst to Skandar Akbar and Mr. Olympia. They did not realize this is the first time ever in history there's been an unadvertised steel cage match. Of course, all the fans that went to the Superdome got that bonus, not realizing what they were going to get. They knew they were going to get a match between JYD and Mr. Olympia. There you see the referee with the North American title belt has been held up. But they didn't realize there was going to be a steel cage match, nor did Skandar Agbar or Mr. Olympia. This was a well-concealed secret. You can see Olympia very upset. Skandar Agbar tremendously upset. There's Mr. Olympia, a tremendous athlete. You know that he's had a long, grueling bout to defend the Mid-South Tag Team titles. Now he has to come up against the most powerful, the most dynamic, the most successful athlete ever in professional wrestling at this point. JYD, the big thumper. And JYD is boiling. He's not waiting. They locked that gate and it started because there's one fall, no disqualification for the North American title. And the $10,000, more than the dollars, more than the title, I think it's the pride that this man, Mr. Olympia, his former Mid-South Tag partner, a man who JYD had watched after, taken care of, and helped to attain stardom, who had made the most money he'd ever made thus far in his career, had double-crossed him and turned against him all for greed and the lies and conniving of Skandar Akbar. And you can see he's holding him up and just pounding him. This was this turned into not a lot of skill, not a lot of science, just animal, just total animalism, and and I guess you got to get down to say street fight, alley brawling type. Just say, hey, I'm gonna whip you. I'm gonna prove to everybody who's more man. Now again, the steel cage mid south thought would stop all interference, but we're gonna see later a interruption in this film clip. Skandar Akbar, even caught totally unaware, had still gone back and got the Black Ninja to attempt to spew the green fleam through the opening in the cage and blind JYD. And Akbar had run over to where our cameraman was shooting, right here. You see, that's the ninja leaving. Akbar had just run over and pulled the power cord to stop the filming so that we could not have it on record as to what had actually happened to where we did not get the actual act of the ninja. All we saw was him retreating like a thief in the night. And Junkyard Dog is blinded. The fans are so upset, Olympia's on him, trying to finish him off to, to take the title. There's a fan that takes and throws beer that possibly diluted the green fleam and kept damage and kept dog where he could have enough senses to get him cl climb. Here's when you see a great athlete pulling out all stops just to try to break this sleeper. Olympia does have the sleeper and dog is going unconscious, but Olympia's shoulders 
are down. Olympia forgot to protect his shoulders, although it's a very controversial rule situation because he was instigating the submission hold and was in control, but still his shoulders were down, and Rick Ferrara counted it down. Olympia at this point thinks he has won, that he has won because the dog was in the sleeper. But Rick Ferrara is very crystal clear on it. He has awarded the win to the junkyard dog. The Junkyard Dog has won the belt, the North American title belt, and the 10,000 there. They're unlocking the cage. He's going to give the belt to the Junkyard Dog. Junkyard Dog has regained some measure of pride, but I promise you, this is not ended because the dog hasn't gotten his revenge in total, and Mr. Olympia is still a threat under the guise of Skandar Akbar and with Ted DiBiase. Certainly, Boyd, we would be remiss in not giving Skandar Akbar and Mr. Olympia their chance to voice their opinion of what happened in the Superdome. But whatever they voice, it can't change the record that the junkyard dog is now the North American champion. But let's listen to Skandar Akbar and Mr. Olympia now. Well, before we go to that promo, Mike, a few notes about this match. The junkyard dog, once again, the North American champion, defeating Mr. Olympia here. I'll let you wrap up and explain what exactly happened. but. I did like a few little things, like Skandar Akbar pulled the power cord out of the camera so that they couldn't film Kendo Nagasaki coming. I don't know if that was to cover up Greg Soley not filming it or if they did something like that in the building. But then the second thing was a fan threw a beer, and Bill Watts says perhaps that will dilute the green flame. Did they call it flame instead of phlegm? I mean, I know it's a silly question, but we always are used to hearing it as the mist. Boyd Pierce started calling it the green fleam. Is it just because is, is fleam a word that you've heard before? Do people use that word? I, that, I mean, obviously I saw these when I was young, but just never, I always, in my mind, I always thought they called it the mist and, you know, watching this back, you're like, he called it fleam. I, that was, it felt new to me. I don't, I don't recall. I don't know why they're calling it the fleam now to answer your question. I, I say now, you know what I mean? Um, as we rewatch it, I've n- that, I don't recall Watts calling it the fleam. And the thing is funny about that. I've, I've always remembered Watts, you know, calling, you know, uh, or, or the different things like you would, you would hear from folks called DiBiase Debussy, or, you know, you'd hear, you know, Duggan called Dugan, like all those things stick in my mind, but the, the green fleam, it's not one of those things that stick in my mind. So I don't know where that came from. I always thought it was the miss. I don't know if that, if it, that's them trying to call it the the phlegm, but they're calling it the phlegm. It feels really, really, really strange to hear them call it the, the phlegm, but it is what it is. So uh, this was, however, I don't know if it was planned to say, like, is is the power cord being pulled part of the booking of it? I feel like it is, and I'll say it, and this is my explanation behind it. They purposely, uh, no one pulled the cord, obviously. it's We know it's a one-camera shoot, so if the power cord is pulled, there's no other footage. Nobody's got cell phone cameras back then, so you can't really, you know, you have no other footage. So let's just say the power cord was was pulled, and that's the only footage we have, so we don't see him being misted with the flame, as uh, Watts likes to say it. So I, I thought that was... In my mind, that's pretty damn brilliant on Bill Watts' part. And then uh, the other part... Is that a? I wonder if that was like an ad lib on Bill Watts's part, where he's saying, "Oh, a fan threw beer and it went in JYD's eyes and it it washed it away a little bit, so he can see a little." Like, was that just an angry fan throwing a beer in, or was that really 
you know, oh, well, no, it wasn't an angry fan. It was somebody who was planted to to throw the beer and Watts then goes with it, you know. So I, I don't know. It's really good stuff there, though, overall, though, from the phlegm, phlegm, from the miss <laughs> to the beer. I, I, this was pretty good. This is memorable to me because I'm like, it was all so, so good. And you had the surprise cage match and then you got the, the, the flint, the fleam or whatever. And then you got the, the beer thrown in JYD's eyes. And then you got JYD pinning Olympia there unsuspectedly at the way he did it because Olympia had the sleeper in and wasn't even thinking about his, his shoulders on the mat. Really? I thought a really good finish overall. Let's now go to this promo. The last time we heard from these guys. After a big North American title match, they were celebrating their victory in the tournament backstage before Mid-South Wrestling overturned it. Let's now go to Skandar Akbar and Mr. Olympia. Back to March 21st in New Orleans, the North American title tournament night. We were denied the title after you put the man unconscious. They could have counted to 200 and the dog would have never woken. And now... They try to put more swerves mid-south. They stop payment on the check. The board meeting, the so-called board meeting of snakes. Then they deny everything. And in the Superdome, the most illustrious wrestling match of its type in the whole world. We go out with Ted DiBiase. And we successfully defend the newly won Mid-South coveted tag team titles. Then, double duty. The man goes and pays his dues again. It's double duty time. He's facing Dog in a special challenge. And we get to the ring, and I have never in my all of my career, and I go back a long time, ever see a cage put around a match, never advertised, in New Orleans, in the Superdome, of all things. And I put him to sleep. I had it. I put him to sleep. Exactly. And they count my shoulders out, and I don't get the belt. I don't get the money. I don't get nothing. But I will tell you this, Mid-South. You listen, Smith, and you, Lay, and everybody connected and associated with Mid-South. My attorneys are working on this day and night. This time, you won't get away with it. We're ready for all contingents. We're ready for everybody. Mr. Olympia's got a vendetta. I'm going to settle it, too. I reviewed it, and you listened to what they had to say. But still, the Junkyard Dog is a new North American heavyweight champion, but you and I know and we realize deep down inside that General Skander Akbar will not rest on his laurels, and you can bet your bottom dollar that Mr. Olympia and Ted DiBiase will be after that North American heavyweight title. We have more interesting things to come right after this important message. Well, there it is, an angry Olympia and Skandar Akbar. He will have his vengeance. We'll see what happens with that in the weeks ahead. Good promo, though. What do you think? I noticed one thing there that was, I don't know if I've noticed it before. And you can see it better because you got a close-up of Olympia's face. You know how we talked about how he looks more evil and kind of sinister and just uh, more aggressive, Brian? For some reason, and you normally can't see this through a masked guy's face, but with Olympia in that promo, you can actually see his facial expressions through the mask. And to me, that's kind of unusual with most masked guys because the mask usually hides your face. Uh, obviously hides your face, but it hides your actual expressions on your face. But for some reason, with Olympia's mask, and I guess it's because the wide eyes up high, you can see the anger and frustration in his facial expressions going along with his promo. And I think that that's also what makes him more effective as a heel as well. So unlike most mask guys where the, the facial expressions are, are kind of hidden, some way, somehow, he does a good job with his eyes and the way he he's speaking 
that he conveys the anger even through his facial expressions, even through the mask. I I, I don't know. I kind of feel it with him more than I normally would feel it with a with a normal mask wrestler. But that was a really good promo. Uh, you to be honest, they've got a leg to stand on with being frustrated. You know, it's kind of true. He and ha- Bill Watts said that. Bill Watts actually said that. I think during the tag team match that. Akbar and Olympia actually do have some reason to be upset. Yeah, because, you know, and I, I, I hate psychoanalyzing these things, but hey, that's what we do here, right? He's got Dog in the sleeper. Wouldn't it be logical that Ricky Ferrara would then check Dog before he's goes down for the pin and, and saying, because Dog's not making an offensive maneuver right there. He's literally being put out. So why wouldn't you check Dog? Why would you go to Olympia first? So there's some there's some substance to what Akbar is saying here, and it's real. So I say all that to say, once again, in the the mid south is making a lot of logical sense here with what they're with the booking and and how Akbar and now Olympia are frustrated. This is this is logical and makes a lot of sense. Is my point. I don't know if they have too much of a leg to stand on, though, considering they were ready to embrace a victory where Jerry Usher counted the man down even though he was belly down in the ring well of course but that's what makes them (laughs) heal because it's it's like anything in whether wrestling politics religion a lot of times people will conveniently recognize things that benefit them but they will inconveniently deny things that don't benefit them so in this mode akbar's right right here it conveniently would benefit him if Ricky Ferrara would have counted the dog there and, and, you know, raise the hand three times and say, oh, no, dog's out. But in the other instance, since it in, it was very inconvenient to his cause, uh, he's going to say, oh, no, I'm not worried about Well, he didn't even bring it up. But in this one, he's going to bring it up because it conveniently would be a positive on him. So I, and that's what makes a great heel, to be honest. That's what that's why Akbar is great. That's why Olympia is great. That's why DiBiase is great as a heel. When Whenever things would you know affect them in a positive manner, they're all for promoting it and, and, and doubling down on it. But if it doesn't make sense for them, oh, no, 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 that's uh, no, 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 that's that's different. But it's not really different. It just doesn't it just doesn't help them. So they don't bring it up. So but to go back, really good promo right there from Akbar and Olympia. Really good stuff. Well, speaking of heels doing promos, we have a word from King Kong Bundy about something new he's going to be introducing in the Mid-South Wrestling, although once we get to the match, it doesn't go the way he planned. Let's go right now to King Kong Bundy. Well, King Kong Bundy at 6'5", 420, is a big, impressive man. And he called a meeting to make a statement about some new tactic he had to reveal to us here on Mid-South today in the ring. We pre-taped that interview. After listening to that interview, we'll go direct to the ring for King Kong Bundy's match and see just exactly what this new tactic is. I'm sure with his size and strength, whatever it is, it will be devastating as he is of Devastation Incorporated. Let's listen to that now. You know, when I talk about Devastation Incorporated, I want you people to know, know what Devastation Incorporated is. I have trainers. I have financial advisors. I have people that take care of every facet of my business. And one of my advisors has come up with something brand new, something from the East. Something from the East, something people down the South have never heard of, could never possibly think of. It's called the Atlantic City Avalanche. And I'm going to unveil the avalanche tonight. And when you see it, ain't nobody going to believe it. 
It's 420 pounds crushing somebody. And when these promoters see it, they're going to realize you can't hold back King Kong Bundy anymore. I'm going to have the opponents I want. Junkyard Dog, Mr. Wrestling 2, Tiger Conway, Hacksaw Reed, Dusty Rhodes, and Andre the Giant. That's right, Andre the Giant. You're going to feel the Atlantic City Avalanche too. Nobody's safe from it. You're going to see it, but ain't nobody going to believe it. Well, there you hear it. King Kong Bundy. And I really dig the way he looks here. He's in a suit, not with a shirt and tie, but like, you know, a shirt buttoned up, but open suit jacket, a cigar. Apparently, I guess Devastation Incorporated is now his company and he has trainers and different people that work for Devastation Incorporated. And he's going to introduce the avalanche, which was discovered in the East. Another little tidbit there. I didn't know. What'd you think of this promo, Mike? Well, you stole my thunder. I mean, with the jacket, the buttoned up shirt, the, the shirt that's, you know, kind of open uh, into his chest, the cigar. He's got a really good look in a believable look, a smug heel look. I really liked it. You know, Bundy's and it's it's pretty simple what he does. Half of it's the look. The other half is the delivery, not necessarily, uh, you know, him announcing the avalanche. It's just. Bundy looking like a smug, big heel that's ready to inflict pain on his opponents. I thought this was really good from Bundy. I really like the cigar, though. That, You know, the jacket and the shirt open was one thing, but the cigar put it over the top, man. The cigar was a really good addition. I wish he had kept with that <laughs> as his career went on. It was great, man. It was. It had. It gave it a, a – I don't know how to explain it. It just – it gave it a different look and feel, man. That that cigar that uh, burnt a little bit on the end, so it was like it was actually lit and he was smoking it. I liked it, man. Bundy was really good here. We then get the match. King Kong Bundy versus Don Clark. We have not seen before in Mid-South Wrestling. Rick Ferreira, the referee. So the avalanche, as we know, is the splash that he does in the corner. He goes to set it up, but Don Clark slips down. I don't think he knew what was coming. So then he has to wait for him to get back up and kind of hit it. It's awkward. And then he picks him up from there into a slam and then pins him. So Bill Watts and Boyd Pierce think that was the avalanche. And they say, oh, it's very much like the Oklahoma stampede that I used to do and that Steve Williams does. But that wasn't the avalanche. The avalanche was the move messed up in the corner. What did you think of all this, Mike? Uh, Don Clark is a frumpy looking dude who really has no clue what he's doing. He does it. And Brian, this guy, I feel like this guy maybe took a couple of bumps before a match or two. And that was it. He doesn't, he doesn't have a clue, man. I mean, there's one point, one of the easiest things I, to me, one of the easiest things you can learn in wrestling, Bundy's just Irish whipping him from one corner to the other. And this clown falls down. He, I don't know how to explain it. And it, it just, this guy didn't know what he was doing. And he made Bundy look bad at that because, you know, Bundy's having to lug him around and just muscle him. And he just doesn't, he doesn't have a clue, man. He's, he's lost out there. King Kong Bundy wins with the splash and the five count. From there, we get our next match. Kendo Nagasaki, the black ninja with general Skandar Akbar versus another newcomer. Ken would be Alfred Neely is the referee. We have a match back and forth. Woodby doesn't get much in. You'd think the other guy looked frumpy. When do you see Ken Woodby? And then something happens here, something that connects to an earlier interview in the show. Let's go to this, the closing moments of the match. 
be unable to continue as Mr. Olympia supposedly had taken that title, which was later held up. The dog won April 16th in that tremendous Superdome. Kendo Nagasaki is really the crowd roaring. Here comes Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He brushed right by Akbar and dumped Nagasaki. Maybe he was, there's the true target, I think, Skandar Akbar Duggan's after him. Duggan's got Nagasaki's foot hung in the rope, and Hacksaw Duggan is, he's tearing Akbar's clothes off. He's pounding. Skandar Akbar listening to this crowd. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, a man of his word, he's torn Akbar's pants. You can, Akbar's just almost disrobed out there, boy. Ferris if there gets much more clothing off of him, we'd have to break away. Ninja's still entwined in those ropes. Oh, I know it. Jim Dugan must have attacked the ninja so he'd get rid of him first so he'd have the time to act more. I think this has caught everybody by shock and surprise by it. Hacksaw Dugan is certainly a man that when he says he's going to attack, he'll attack. And look at the Hacksaw. I think he's served notice that he's going to be his own man. And Bill? We'll leave the air, but we're coming right back. It'll be the new North American Heavyweight Champion of Junkyard Dog in action with his new music bringing him on, the Atomic Dog, right after this word. Well, there it is, Hacksaw Doug. And if he wasn't officially a babyface already, I think now it's totally official. Jumps in there. I guess Kendo Nagasaki wins via disqualification. Attacks Nagasaki and then just beats the crap out of Akbar, including ripping his clothes. The place is going nuts. What are your thoughts? This was great, man. I loved it. <laughs> Akbar stripped down. He's got his tidy whities on underneath his pants. The pants aren't ripped off of him, but you know you can you can see his underwear. <laughs> Akbar's just flopping around. Duggan's whooping on him. Uh, the other part behind this is Kendo is is literally stuck in the ropes. His left leg is caught in between the bottom and the middle rope, and he cannot get out. Alfred Neely is literally looks like he's trying to uh, make a crowbar with his own legs to get Kendo out. And the crowd is going nuts. Akbar's flopping around on the floor. He's messed up. Uh, you're right. If Duggan wasn't a baby face before this, he's a baby face now. The crowd's going nuts. Very, very good segment. And yes, I assume Kendo wins by DQ because of Duggan's interference. But this was really good, man. Did you Did you enjoy and get a laugh out of this as much as I did? I did, and Kendo getting tied up in the ropes the way he did was just an added bonus. That was perfect. Yes, good stuff, man. Oh, just a great segment. Nice stuff from Duggan getting at these two and getting, I don't want to say revenge because, I mean, you know, it, that's all subjective, but he, he gets a little bit of a comeuppance right here, and I thought that was great. Coming out of that, we get our next match. It's the Junkyard Dog versus Ron Cheatham with Rick Ferreira as the referee, as it was just mentioned. And it's been mentioned before, but it didn't happen on TV. The Junkyard Dog has new music. Everyone thinks of the Junkyard Dog, they think of Another One Bites the Dust by Queen. For a time, he changed it up. I think it was a mistake. They quickly fixed the mistake. But for historical purposes, we're going to play the original audio here so you can hear how it happened in 1983. In Mid-South Wrestling, the changing of the Junkyard Dog's entrance music. Let's go to this right now. This event is for one fall with a 10-minute time limit. In the red corner, at 240 pounds, from Atlanta, Georgia, Ron Cheatham.
Well, there it is, Mike, the new music. It doesn't do it for me, and even the fans, they don't react the same way, at least not right away. What do you think? I'll tell you what I thought in 1983, and I'll tell you what I think now. In 1983, when he came out to that and I heard it for the first time, it wasn't the song that I didn't like. I just didn't like JYD coming out to it. Uh, You know, oftentimes in life, the first experience you have or the first way you see something, hear it, enjoy it. That's always the way you think it should be because that was the first version. I feel that way with this. Another one bites the dust for dog was the very first song I ever heard him out come out to. And because that was it in my eyes, it was always another one bites the dust. And whenever that, you know, queen music hit, I, I would always think in my mind, JYD, like there's no other thought in my mind. Whenever I hear that song to this day, I'm thinking JYD. When I hear Atomic Dog, I don't think JYD. Like if I'm listening, if I hear it somewhere, I, I mean, I kind of do, but I don't only because it's, I don't associate it with him. It's like, oh, whatever. That really wasn't his music. So is it terrible? No, nah, not really. But it's just not another one bites the dust. And that's kind of my thoughts on it. Yeah, to me, it doesn't fit at all. Once you have a perfect music to play for that guy, you can't mix it up. Even when he went to grab them cakes, it was obviously a big drop off from another one bites the dust. And it happened to so many guys throughout that era where the music got replaced and it changed things. And with Junkyard Dog, maybe more than everyone, another one bites the dust was the Junkyard Dog. It was perfect. I really disagree with changing the music here. And his whole look is changing. He's obviously gained weight here. His afro is out of control. But I guess it's a new era for the Junkyard Dog. North American champion. Yep. And by the way, uh, in the uh, Mid-South Territory, we don't talk about grabbing them cakes. That never happened. I don't blame you. <laughs> well, let's get some audio from this match. Someone who loves the Junkyard Dog, Cowboy Bill Watts. Let's go to this. Boy, one thing I like about the Junkyard Dog, he's surpassed race, color, and creed. He represents the people. They all love him. And his new music, the Atomic Dog, the new North American title, he says he's a new dog, and I guarantee you he's the most exciting athlete in professional sports today he's got the largest most faithful following the man is just tremendous and he's come up the hard way right out of hunger and hard times and fought and clawed and stomped his way up in the big thumper he's not ashamed of where he started he's not ashamed of the people that helped get him there he's with them all the way he doesn't forget his beginnings doesn't forget his roots he goes out there and goes after him and ron cheatham you're right in the middle of a hot seat now JYD, he doesn't waste any time. No one are out in that ring, they don't get paid by the hour. It all goes down to just beat the man however long it takes. And Junkyard Dog doesn't let any grass grow. He goes right after him. Powerful man, bench presses in excess of 500 pounds. There's that clothesline. And he liked to took Ron Cheatham's head off. Of course, Mr. Olympia, Ted DiBiase, King Kong Bundy, Kamala the Ugandan, the Black Ninja are just a few who are going to feel the wrath of JYD. The Big Thump, the new North American Heavyweight Champion, Junkyard Dog, in action with a victory. We have more action coming up after this word. 
Well, there it is, the Junkyard Dog with the thump, defeating Ron Cheatham. Any other thoughts or notes of this match, Mike? Uh, Bill watches, you know, he talks about a dog bringing people together, and he represents all the people, and honestly, that's as, that's as true as it gets. And, yeah, that's about it. JYD wins, like you said. Well, our next match is Mr. Olympia with Ted DiBiase, because Skandar Akbar can't come out there. His clothes are ripped off. Versus Art Cruz, Alfred Neely as the referee. Bill Watts has some thoughts about everything we've seen with Skandar Akbar and DiBiase and Olympia, and I guess now Jim Duggan. Let's go to this audio. Well, of course, his second is manager, Skandar Akbar. He got run over by a freight train called Hacksaw Duggan and practically disrobed out here. And Grizzly Smith says he's going to try to get Skander Akbar out here for us to talk to. I kind of wonder that Ted DiBiase may not have a little tingling going down his spine because he's seen Hacksaw Dugan's reaction. I see DiBiase's out there to second Mr. Olympia in the street clothes, but he's also got his wrestling shoes on, meaning he's just not too sure of what Hacksaw Dugan. You know, when DiBiase came back, he said the big cheese was back and that he'd straighten Dugan out, that Dugan needed a little bit of discipline for overstepping himself for firing Matthew Bourne. But I think it's a little deeper. Dugan told me that he just doesn't like Skandar Akbar. He doesn't like where he's from. He doesn't like the method or the way they hijacked the United States in the oil crisis. And the Akbar's association with the Iron Sheik has something deep into family situation with Hacksaw Dugan. And he'd asked DiBiase once before if he was going to have anything to do with Skandar Akbar. And Teddy kind of looked, and I remember, at uh, Dugan's eyes and denied it. But I always suspected DiBiase was plotting something with Akbar, and it's all come out in the open, as has Mr. Olympia. He's kind of come out of the closet, so to speak, too. And uh, the general thought they were really sitting in control, but Hacksaw Dugan is a man of few words. He's a direct man. If he says, I'm going to come whip you, brother, you better get ready to roll up your sleeves and fight. He's coming after you. He's not going to mince words. He doesn't care if he comes with a gang by himself or what it is. He's going to come fight you. I've always respected Hacksaw Dugan, because there was nothing, uh, there was nothing that he didn't say he wasn't going to do. He just went right after you. Here's a man, Mr. Olympia. A man Not only that, Bill, but we saw Hacksaw Dugan sacrifice his body time after time. Oh. You know, so he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Talk about somebody doesn't care what happens to their body. Chavo Guerrero will be here next week on Mid South Wrestling. Also, Grizzly Smith has set a great main event on Mid South Wrestling for you fans at home. Right here on TV next week, Mr. Wrestling 2 will face King Kong Bundy. We'll really see what the big King Kong Bundy's made of. Well, there we hear some audio during this match, Mike. Mr. Olympia and Art Cruz. And again, they're building up towards Jim Duggan having this confrontation with Ted DiBiase now that he has decidedly come out against Akbar and DiBiase's union, attacked Akbar. DiBiase at ringside in his wrestling boots and a suit, prepared for wrestling. Interesting stuff here. Uh, we, we talk about how big of a, a baby face that Jim Duggan is becoming, but you know, don't get don't don't lose track of the fact that Watts right there is really good at reinforcing that. You know, Watts says Watts mentions how he knew something was up with DiBiase and Akbar, and then you know, Watts also he puts over Duggan. He's like, look, he's a fighter. They better watch it because he's a brawler and he's coming. And you know, Watts even says something right there about you know he he doesn't care if it's just him. He's not scared. Like this guy is so tough and he he's he's going to come at them, whether it's one on three, one on two or whatever. He does not care. He is fearless. And at the end of the day, 
You want your baby faces to be fighters and people who, you know, they're, they're not scared, man. They, they know they're going into the lion's den, but they're still ready to take it on. So while Duggan is doing his part to be this exceptional baby face and becoming this guy that, you know, is going to be beloved in Mid-South, don't lose track of the fact that Watts there is also doing his part to put that guy over in the commentary as he follows up here from what happened earlier. Mr. Olympia wins once again the sleeper hold after the pile driver. So he's definitely getting more devastating to his opponents. And to close out the show, Grizzly Smith was able to get Skandar Akbar to come out and angry and irate Skandar Akbar. Let's hear this. Camera over here. We've got General Skandar. This the American way, Duggan. The proud Arab people. We don't do any dastardly attacks from behind. A man of my pride and distinction. Humiliation. Oh, if only Kamala were here next week. But he's got an important commitment in Dallas, Texas. But wait just a minute. Debiase, come here. Come here. You saw what happened out there, Debiase. I want this man eliminated. Boy, I'm going to eliminate you, Duggan. Nobody humiliates a general like that. I'm pulling out all stops, Debiase. All stops. Money is no object. I want Duggan eliminated. Do you understand? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Everybody knows that Duggan and I have... We've split sheets. We've gone our separate ways. Look, the man doesn't want to be a member of the Rat Pack anymore. That's his business. That's his problem. Because now he's out there on his own. But he's a former member of the Rat Pack. And as long as he doesn't interfere in my matches or in the Mid-South Tag Team titles, then I will not fight the man. I'm not afraid of him, but he's a former Rat Pack member. All right, all right, I'll get the ninja. All right, I'll eliminate you, boy. And you'll think it's Christmas in May because we'll spray you so green. You'll never show up again. Nobody does that to the general and walks around and talk about it. Boy, Derry, you've heard a challenge, and... uh... And Akbar is certainly upset. And, uh, you know, an interesting thing with DiBiase, uh, he made it crystal clear he wasn't afraid of Jim Duggan, but he didn't want any part of him. Not volunteering. No, that's sure true. I don't know of anybody in their right mind that want to volunteer because you know one thing with Jim Duggan, you're going to be in a fight. I'll guarantee you that. But we'll see next week. Apparently, Akbar has said he's going to get the ninja if he gets with Grizzly Smith. That's another terrific match we'll have here on Mid-South next week to go along with Chavo Guerrero, also, that great main event, Wrestling 2, against King Kong Bundy. So the fans got to be sure to tune in next week. And talking about fans, we do want to take this opportunity. Sometimes we don't have time to tell you, but this week we have a few seconds left. We want to share that with you. We appreciate so much. Every week, you come letting us come into your homes. We appreciate so much you attending the matches when they're in your area. Thank you so much for the ratings you give us that we've not given you, but top-ranked matches and top-flight fans. So for Cowboy Bill Watts, I'm Boyd Pearson. Goodbye, everybody, until next week on Mid-South Wrestling Television Network. Well, there you hear it, a big end of the show. Akbar wants dug in. DiBiase says he's a former Rat Pack member. I'm not going to fight him if he doesn't interfere in my matches and what I'm doing. And Akbar says, fine, he understands, apparently. I'll get the ninja. But future big T's there with DiBiase and Duggan, they're both not running towards each other. They're running around each other, and that's interesting. I also think it's interesting, DiBiase, look, that's a great, you know, weasel way to be where he's like, he doesn't want any part of Duggan. I mean, I think DiBiase knows one-on-one. Duggan, DiBiase is a great wrestler. 
But <laughs> Duggan's a brawler, and he and DiBiase don't want no part of that. Don't all, don't gloss over the fact there how great Akbar was. I love when Akbar says, you know, is that the American way, Duggan, attacking people from behind? And that's fabulous because, once again, as a heel, that's what Akbar does all the time. He waits to get people from behind, or he waits to get while they're distracted, or he's in the middle of one of his guys is in the middle of a match, and he jumps on the apron to do something. So it's just so funny how, you know, it's okay when he does it, but when the, when when someone else does it, oh, no, 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 that's that's a low blow. You can't do that thing. You're breaking the rules here. Just really good stuff. Akbar was great there. DiBiase was great there. And to the point you made when you mentioned uh, your thoughts on the promo, stay tuned. We got to see what happens now. I mean, look, this is uh, – we may be on a collision course. So uh, keep listening and watching. A fun and packed episode of Mid-South Wrestling. And as we wrap things up, I want to remind you, you can follow me on Twitter at GreatBrianLast. You can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Twitter, at SuperPodcasts, also on Facebook, facebook.com slash ArcadianVanguard. You can hear me on the 605 Super Podcast, 605pod.com, or available wherever it is that you find your favorite podcasts. Mike, how can the listeners stay in touch with you and Booking the Territory? Give me a follow on Twitter at Mike504Saints. I'd appreciate it. Uh, also, come check out Book in the Territory twice per week right now at tinyurl.com slash bttpod. We're the unprofessional wrestling podcast, though, as myself, Hardbody Hopper, and Doc Turner. Uh, we're not politically correct. The jokes are terrible, but it's a still a fun time nonetheless as we cover the old NWA shows that came on TBS on Saturday night at 6.05 and some Smoky Mountain Wrestling, which we are getting to the end of at this point in time. So give us a listen. You can also find us by searching Booking the Territory wherever you get your podcast from. And you're right, Brian. A fun, packed episode this week of Mid-South. Lots of promos. We had the we had the uh, Superdome show from April of that year. Really good stuff overall, man. A, a jam-packed episode of Mid-South. Well, until next time, the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. Your producer is Jace Nacarado. For Mike Mills, I'm the great Brian Last. Tally-ho! Mm-hmm.